I just did a poganotomy yeah. on my face. And welcome, welcome, every, every one, one, two, two, beer, beer, burr, burr, bin, balder, dash, 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 dash. That was for you. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> Johnny's having some echo problems on his side, so everyone be nice to him tonight, because it's not yeah. fun when you hear yourself. Um, yeah, be back. gentle, fuck nuts. And, uh, ooh, say Sorry. that again. I'm not going to. <laughs> that might be the opening right there. I risk something. Do you listen to the podcast? I think I've asked you this before. Yeah. Did you hear the opening from the last one? Uh, I haven't listened to the last one yet. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's why our numbers are down because you haven't listened to it from last oh, time. Yeah. That's probably my. That's probably me. Yeah. yeah. That could probably be better. <laughs> I should be a better fan of us. Yeah, Trina says you sound great, and the live tag did work for Fountain. So uh, anyone listening to Podcasting 2.0 uh, app like Fountain.fm, uh, you'll see a little live tag show up uh, on that app that says, uh, hey, Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash are live right now, and I need to go live listen. Right. Yeah. yeah, so they can listen live through their Fountain.fm <laughs> app, which is pretty cool. We're trying to do the new things that all the fun kids are doing. Great? Are they fun or are they cool? Yes. Okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, before we begin our beer and bourbon adventure tonight, the um, the word of the night or the oh, yeah, balderdash word. Last time. I did. What well, was it was right one? at the end. It was right at the did end. Did we? You never said what it was, though. No, I did. It was furdung. Yeah. What was it? It's a, a fence post near a gate. No, that's what you said it was. Yeah, I know. I was right. No, it was. Were you? No, I was way off. Yeah. Oh, did you look it up later? <laughs> no, I know what. I know it's that's clearly that's not it. <laughs> uh, it's um, uh, oh, you stupid! I didn't write down mm-hmm. the definition in my notes for furdung. I'll look it up. What's the what's the word of today? Uh, are you gonna look up furdung? Furdung. Okay. Uh, and that's, uh, well, furdung is actually an army prepared for war is what that means. Sorry, I looked it up. Sorry. With the Y? Yep. F-Y-R-D-U-N-G. That was oh, last that's, that's last episodes. It's an Anglo-Saxon no, According word. to this, it translates into the army of the people. Army of Saxon. the people. There you go. Army of the people. Bunda Varavana. Yep. Uh, blood and honor. This week's word is pogonot. Pogonotomy. Pogonotomy. Yeah. P-O-G-O-N-O-T-O-M-Y. That is the process for removing an object for your rectum that happened to get lodged <laughs> in there when you were pogo sticking. Oh, the that's pogo-otomy. so close. So close. It really is. Uh, if you stick till the end of uh, the episode here, you will actually be able to uh, find out what it uh, what it really means. So that's uh, something to look forward to, kids. Not fun. Mm. Mm. Just ruined it. I was no. too close. <laughs> <laughs> here, I'll, try, I'll I'll actually play the. Um, here, let's see if that works. Pogo no to me. Pogo no to me. Pogo no to me. Pogo no to me. 
Pogo no to me. Pogo hey, no a- to me. That's mm. the that's how you pronounce uh, our ba- our dash word. I can't even say balderdash. Ball and I haven't even been drinking yet. Balderdash word mm. of the night. Oh, I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I was not even close. Yeah, but don't say it. Well, we'll give I'm it away at the end. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, so uh, Johnny Tim has to guess. I, I need Tim to guess. He well, needs to. I know. got to keep him on the edge of his feet. Well, Tim needs to get on the uh, thing here, but he's not. He must be busy. Yeah, he must wait, be. Wait, he needs to listen to Paul's podcast. <laughs> 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 what are we drinking tonight, Johnny? Oh, tonight we got uh, an, a sour beer, something we don't mm-hmm. do very often. And I like sours. Uh, this is from the River Sticks Brewing Company. Uh, this is their Orion Sour. Nice. What does it say? A collaboration with the Tip Tap Room. Sorry, I wanted to say Tip Top, but that's... that's yeah. Sorry, I'll start over. A collaboration with the Tip Tap Room <laughs> in celebration of their 10-year anniversary. Orion is a sour ale with marshmallow, strawberry, and conditioned on flaked coconut. Wild. <laughs> that is going to be interesting. <sighs> that is uh, wild. Let's see. We're six brewing. Probably should look that up. Anyway, so this is a good one because sours tend to be lighter. They're not going to be super carb heavy. So yeah. I feel like it's acceptable for any sort of specific dietary needs. Excellent. I like that. So gonna, um, that is based on no science. No, it's it's science. Thank you, Doctor Harrison. Thank and you. All to, right, let's uh, pop this open. Here we go. Oh, nice. Oh, woof. by the way, while we're woo, that is strawberry right away. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it smells like strawberry freezer jam. Yes, it does. It does. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this. Yeah, <laughs> me uh, too. River Six Brewing Company is located in Fitchburg, Massive Two Shits. Massive Two Shits. So I don't actually know where Fitchburg is. I think um, one of the the best benefits of you being over there is that we get to have all this beer that we wouldn't normally have over here. Yeah, I know it's pretty pretty great, right? Like we don't have the distributors deciding for us. That's right. That's right. I like that. All right. That. So uh, River Sticks Brewing in Fitchburg is northwest of Boston. Okay. Like quite a ways. Uh, where is it? Westminster. Not there. I don't know. Oh, it's north of Worcester. Oh, it's quite a ways away from Boston. That's probably an hour. An hour. It's an hour drive. It's an hour. I think you're smart. Um, think you're smart. All right. No, you are. Well, clearly you smell lots of strawberries. Yeah, I get strawberries right away. That's almost the only thing I smell. Yeah. And it does. It smells like freezer jam, which, by the way, uh, strawberry jam is my favorite. That's my jam. My mom used to make freezer jam growing up all the time, and I would just eat it with a spoon. I would, too. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Well, maybe that's where the marshmallow comes in, because it's basically strawberries and sugar. Oh, yeah. And, and gelatin. I mean, coconut, too. Coconuts. Coconut. Anyway. Yeah. Well, here we go. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. It's tart. Sweet. Damn, that is Yummy. good. That is really good. Wow. Nice. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> Excuse me. This is a beer drinking podcast, so there there will be some some this bodily happened. noises. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ooh, that this beer is really delightful. Mm-hmm. I liked her logo because it's like 
death in a boat on the river Styx. So that's <laughs> kind of fun. Yep. I am, however, disappointed. They have an about page on their website, and it's like there's nothing there. It's like the name of the owner and the brewer, and when they're open. Oh, really? That's not very. Fun. <laughs> well, it's not exciting at all. No. Oh. <clears throat> oh, then you go to the crew page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I'm Jackie. Uh, she's a person, head brewer. Too cool for a statement. Uh, some guy in sunglasses, <laughs> some guy with tattoos. There's Jackie again. Jack with A. Amy. Jack A. Oh, I got a, oh, hiya V. Mm. It's quite the crew. Oh, there's Annie. Doesn't look like my sister, Annie. <clears throat> oh, that it does not look there. like your sister? No. Oh. Nope, not at all. Um, some guy who likes beer. That's good. His name's Colin. He's a man after my own heart. He says, I'm Colin, lover of all beers from across the spectrum, sour to stout, hoppy or crisp. Just give me a, an idea of what you're typically drinking, and I'll have the beer for you. Ooh, he must be a beer tender. Yeah. Oh, and he likes to ride bikes and play disc golf. There you go. Ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> that is tasty. That is dangerously anyway, this tasty. This is very nice. Yeah. And if it was. I want to um, go to this brewery now. When you're here, we should drive up there. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is, it's cool, but it's not cold. I bet you cold, this would be even better. Mm-hmm. It's refreshing. I could drink this very quickly. Yep. Yeah, actually. Nicely this, done. I'm already doing it. I'm actually just oh, no. guzzling this stupid thing. I should, sorry. I didn't know it'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Good pick. Good job, man. Yeah. Nice, nice difference from uh, what we often get. Yeah. If I'm being honest, a lot of these ones that I pick is when I go into the store I look for, like most places have a buy a single can section. Mm-hmm. And I go into the star market across from where I work and I look for tall boys in that section because it's like the best value because a six pack costs ten ninety nine no matter what's in it. Okay. So I just look for the big cans because they're usually like ten ninety nine for a four pack. So I feel like I'm getting a deal. Okay. No, it's silly, but. No, I understand thirsty. it. I understand it. All right. What's our brown? Oh, uh, yeah. So our whiskey tonight. Well, I've been holding on to this one for a while. Um, not because I've seen it at Total Wine and More, but this is something that I found at um, Costco. This is a Costco find for me. Uh, here in uh, Washington State, uh, we can buy liquor in uh, Costco. So that's Sorry, fun it sounds for us. like I'm dumping up broken glass. It does. It sounds like you made a whole mess. <laughs> I was wondering if you're okay. It's just ice. <clears throat> so, um, so this one is the horizon and the horizon. Um, and I've never heard of Hirsch before, uh, before I went to Costco and this horizon, it's their newest thing. It's like batch number. I think it says like three ninety two or something like that. And what's nice is that it has the mash bill on the back of this, but this is what their website says. It says the horizon honors our forward looking nature, steadfast, determined, Moving onward, this is, I swear, ChatGPT wrote this. Moving onward at a brisk pace, forever in search of the next adventure. The horizon isn't an end result. It's a destination on a map. It's something we spend our lives in search of. So this horizon combines two straight bourbons distilled in Lawrenceburg, Indiana, MPG. 94% of the blend is distilled from a traditional mash bill and aged a minimum of four years. Minimum, minimum, 
The remaining six, yeah, the remaining aluminum, say aluminum. Aluminium. (laughs) Aluminium. (laughs) Aluminum. I know someone on the chat wouldn't get that one. Uh, The remaining 6% is distilled from a high rye mash, aged six years for added complexity. Bottled at 92 proof, the horizon is crafted to be enjoyed neat or on the rocks. I like it both ways. I like it always. I've actually never had it, so I can't. Can, Can you tell me if you can hear this? (laughs) Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the screw top yeah <laughs> well my mine didn't so but you had one of my bottles and thank you by the way for uh putting on our little uh spreadsheet what we're going to be having that's great yeah here it is we'll try to get get an idea the other day there might be a good idea to get what we're drinking out well in advance yeah if people want to i can think of one or two listeners that might actually try to go find what's there yeah absolutely you know what i actually if I was a good friend, I would bring back more than just one for you. I'd bring at least one back for Tim, maybe one for Trina, the beers yeah, they bring back. Yeah. And then, and then her, they could drink the water. Adam, her and Adam can, can yeah. drink a little while they're out there. God. Yeah. I'm a dick. Yeah. What a, what an ass. Um, oh, well. So, so, just kidding. You're awesome. Uh, it's not called beer, bourbon, and let's be friends. <laughs> but so. we want friends. We, we actually, we, we have very good jobs. Uh, you know, so although we would like the little extra cash, I could just go to the podcast for all the, all the fees and everything that we pay for it. Um, it is uh, most important that you and I, we actually do want to make friends. We want to make friends all around this country and this world. And uh, especially when it comes to uh, people who also like a little beverage, of beer and mm-hmm. or bourbon or balderdash or ball. Yeah. And we're full of that. Uh, so 94% yeah, of this, yeah, 94% of this is 75% corn, 21% rye and 4% barley malt. And that's aged for five years and one month. 6% of this is 60% corn, 36% rye and 4% barley malt aged for eight years, according to their website. Which whiskey is this that they make? This is the Hirsch, the, Hirsch whiskey. Hirsch what? It's a straight bourbon whiskey. Do they do they only make one? No, they have several. This is this one's called the Horizon. The Horizon. Yeah, that's it. They have other ones. Pretty blue label. The Bivouac, which is uh, bivouac. Bivouac is that what it is? Yeah, I don't don't know. Um, And this one's distilled in Bardstown and not in Indiana. And then they have the Cask Strength, and it's finished in cognac casks. Um, That one, it says it's done in. Looks like that one's also done in Kentucky as well. <clears throat> and then they have a single barrel. So they have quite a they have quite a selection. Their logo's coming awful close to a very famous signal associated with conspiracy theories. The blue one? No, the logo, the gold logo that says Hirsch underneath it. Oh yeah. It looks like a, a Mason. Yeah, it looks a bit like a Freemason yeah, <laughs> logo. A little different. Or a magical Mormon underpants. Mm. They help. They yeah, help. <laughs> <laughs> well, right on the nose, I get the rye. Mm-hmm. So I get that spearmint uh, kind of smell to it. I get a little banana in there for some reason. I don't know why. It's that. Uh, and some nuttiness. That circus peanut banana smell that you get sometimes. Yeah. But just subtle. Yeah, but I get mostly spearmint now on my second sniff here. Anyways, let's uh, give it a little tasty. Cheers. Mm, cheers. 
I'm so bad at it over here. That was uh, <laughs> bong. It's like he dropped a spoon in a glass. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. It's, actually- it's got a nice effervescent, like <clears throat> not overpowering, but you do get it up in your nose. Yeah, it's pretty well a balanced burn at the end, but it's nice because you do get. Yeah, you do get quite a bit of the um, the the rye with the bourbon. Yeah, you know? I think this is one that I would want to have with that ice cube. Oh yeah, I could like try I it with a little cool bit of water. Bit. And we'll see what goes on there. But I'm enjoying it. That's for sure. Yeah, they do a good job. <clears throat> hmm. So it, they said on the internet that they're owned by. Is it Anchor? Yeah. So they have had uh, quite a few um, acquisitions. And so their latest acquisition, they were bought by um, a San Francisco-based Holtling and Company, which was formerly Anchor Distilling Company. And they have a modest range of bottles released under the Hirsch banner, which are these um, that I just described. Um, But they have a long history. I mean, they've been doing it for quite a few years. Uh, I think a 16-year-old distilled in 1974. Um, that's pretty rare, and I think that's one of the original ones. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sources its product for, pro- product from Bardstown and also Indiana. Um, yeah. So I think they just uh, – I'm not yeah. sure if they distill a whole bunch themselves, but they blend it themselves for sure. Yeah. You can, I'm not – I don't bring up that they're owned by somebody to be judgy, that they're owned by a bigger company. Um, my favorite distillery is owned by a bigger company. So that's not strange. And it doesn't mean they can't make a good product. Yeah. And Unless that's at the end of the day, that's what judgy you want, than right? I used to be when I was little. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I think, I think that's a good point that you bring up too, is cause you know, I mean, a lot of people, they want, you know, whatever they're getting to come from some craft distillery and they did it themselves and, and that's cool. Um, and I've met a lot of people that do that and I've gone into their like, uh, you know, their 2000 square foot, you know, um, distilling plant, you know, which isn't that super big, you know, but they're doing what they can and they got little five gallon barrels everywhere and, and they're just, you know, living their dream, which is awesome. And then you have bigger companies that source it from other places, but they're very good at blending. Um, and that's, that's actually a very important part of, uh, creating a very tasty whiskey is knowing how to blend the whiskey and where you're getting it from and just getting it right. Um, so you can get something real nice and tasty. And I think a lot of these guys, they go out to all these different distilleries that are willing to sell their product and they'll taste it right out of the barrel. So they, in their mind, they're constantly thinking, well, I really liked how that one was. It probably pair well with a rye. So I'll get this rye and they'll taste it until they get what they need. And I think that's mm-hmm. really important as well. Yeah, it absolutely is. I don't know if it's still a thing. There was like a marketing effort to get people to buy, um, unblended whiskeys. Yeah like single batch or however they would market it. Yeah. But they made it seem like somehow it was fancier, but really it was just cheaper. Yep. yep. It's easier to make because you're not like, you don't have to pay that guy that knows, you don't have to pay the master blender. Exactly. That's his name. Master, master blender. Master, master blender. blender. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you can, you can find these guys. I think they're pretty, pretty all over the place. Um, the Holtling and company also does Nika whiskey. Junipero Gin and Old Portero Whiskey. 
Uh, Nika whiskey I've seen in the stores. They actually have, I guess, a coffee whiskey. Um, I've never seen Juniper Gin, but that's because I don't drink gin. And I've never seen Old Portero whiskey. Um, and I guess it's Excedra. So I think they have some other um, brands that they also hold on to. But this one is, I mean, it's great. It's a it's a very mm-hmm. good drinkable um, straight bourbon whiskey. So good job, Is it Hirsch. a big bottle or is it a regular bottle? <clears throat> it's a 750 milliliter bottle. I forgot what price I paid well, for what's it. What's the though. price point on it? I forgot what I paid for it. It was at Costco. It was actually months ago, and I've just been kind of sitting on it, uh, waiting to do it. Every now and then, what what I do is if I go to Total Wine and More, I'll look for something that maybe I want or that I want to try with you. And then mm-hmm. um, if I go to Costco, if I see something unique, something that I know that I probably haven't seen at like Total Wine or More or Bevmo, I'll pick it up. So like mm-hmm. today, um, I was at Costco and I found Heaven Hills bottled in Bond. Um, which I have never seen at Total Wine anymore. So I I picked that up. I was like, ooh, That's a good one. I'm going to grab that one. So that'll be one that we could probably taste uh, when you're back home here. Yeah, I love it. Excellent. I will say uh, this one looks like it's around $30, which is a very approachable price. Yeah. And for the price, it's totally worth it. Highly recommended. Yep, awesome. Well, I wanted to play a little uh, Same game. distillery has like a big... Uh, breadth of products all the way up to like $200 a bottle. So, oh, well, that's good. This is a good starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. I agree with you on that. Well, I wanted to play all a right. little game. I want to do a little thought experiment with you if we can. Okay. Okay. You ever played the mind melt game? Like with Spock? No. So, what it is, is I will say a word, um, or actually, we can do it two ways. Uh, I can count to three and you say a word that pops in your mind. I say a word that pops in my mind. And then from there, we count down again. And you and I are, what we're trying to get to is we're trying to get to saying the same word at the same time. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll just say uh, drinking. Drinking is kind of the, so think drinking. And I'm going to. Am I supposed to intentionally try to figure out what you're thinking and say what I think you're going to say? Yeah, that's what you and I are doing. We're trying to I'm, eventually I'm not get trying to, to like not get the same answer. Yeah, we're trying to see how fast it'll take for you and I to say the same thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, so drinking's the topic. Um, one, two, three, bourbon. Scotch. There you go. So now Close. between bourbon and scotch, we'll we'll try to figure out a word that we both are thinking the same time. Okay. One, okay. two. Three whiskey rye, oh. and we gotta do it fast. Is there a delay? I think that's what's happening with their headphones. Is there's a delay from my microphone to you? Okay, well then it's, it sounds like I'm then, hearing what you're hearing. Okay, so it sounds like uh, it's yeah. The, okay, that it's at the same time to you. Yep. Okay, good. It it doesn't sound like the same time to me. It sounds like I say it just after you. Okay. <laughs> uh. Ooh, rye, rye and whiskey, rye and whiskey. Okay. One, two, three. Yum. Kentucky. (laughs) Now it's Kentucky (laughs) and now it's yum. Uh, Okay. Does it sound like we're saying it at the same time to you? No, there's a bit of a delay. Well, that's silly. As long as there's not a delay with you, that's fine. Because then that doesn't feel like it's cheating. It's like playing rock, scissors, paper, and you do the rock, and then like a second later, you do like the scissors or something. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just getting the playback. Yeah. Like you hear my own voice. 
And in my headphones, I'm getting a playback for you. So the delay is from my mouth to my ears as it travels to Seattle and back. Probably. Yes, that's why. Because it's traveling through the air. Maybe we have slow internet. Oh. This is Elon Musk's way of getting us all to get Oh, are you on Starlink? Are you on Starlink? No. Oh, okay. Uh, so what did you say? You said Kentucky and I said yum. Kentucky. And I said yum. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be. So yum in Kentucky. Uh, three, two, one. Buffalo Trace. Urban. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> he said bourbon. I said Buffalo Trace. <laughs> Uh, so we're trying to get to where we connect here, man. Uh, three, two, one, whiskey. Bullet. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, three, two, one, bourbon. Scotch. <laughs> and it's right where we started. <laughs> All right. Let's try this again. Uh, three, two, one, single malt. Irish. <laughs> Speaking oh, of no, Irish. Scottish and Irish. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Irish, um, the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. They have a celebrity Irish whiskey. Oh. It's called Four Walls. So we're gonna have to try is it, that. Is it priced a lot? Uh no, actually it's it's very, very affordable. I like that. Especially for a celebrity whiskey. So you said Irish, and I said yeah. what did I say? Single malt. Okay. Yeah. Three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, I have, uh, okay, we'll try again. Okay. Irish, Irish, and uh, single malt. Three, two, one. Always sunny. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say Lagavulin, but that doesn't make any sense. It's not even Irish. It's a single malt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. But okay, 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 that's fine. Always sunny and Lagavulin. Uh, three, uh, three, two, one. Ardbeg. McAllen. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, three, two, one. Glenfiddich. Lafroche. Oh, we're circling around. Okay, three, two, one. Pete. McAllen. <laughs> Why'd you go back to McAllen? Because I was hoping you'd say it again. So funny. Okay, well, this this could be a very long game, apparently, yeah. as we're circling around this. Um, uh, okay, so you said McKellen again, and I said, what? I said Pete. Pete. All right, uh, three, two, one, Lafroy. Smoke. Damn it! Three, two, one, Pete. <laughs> Go <Burn>. on. <laughs> All right, well, this didn't work out as well as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Uh, we need to use a different word like cotton candy. Yeah. Oh, that's two words. Well, how about how about uh, hope? Our topic tonight is going to be hope. So the first right. word that comes to your mind when you uh, think of the word hope. Three, two, one, faith. Faith. Yeah. Boom. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, that worked out really well. All right. Easy enough. <laughs> now I don't feel so bad that we just wasted five minutes of everyone's life. Uh, <laughs> Talking about circling around whiskey and beer or just whiskey almost, and bourbon. Almost sounds like it was planned. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Wow, we're good. Yeah. We're good at our jobs. What can I say? I guess so. Uh, so to topic tonight, I was thinking about, um, because of all the stuff that's going on in the world right now, um, I talked to a lot of people. A lot of people are scared or they're just so uncertain 
about what's going on, especially with um, Palestine and Israel and Iran, which has kind of notched up the whole Russia-Ukraine thing, which maybe everyone's getting bored, so there needed to be a new war. Um, and there's there's you know fights breaking out across the country. Lots of protests, pro-Israel, pro-Palestine protests that are breaking out across the country. Um, I even uh, read today that there's been talk that the Muslim world is asking Muslims to, wherever they are in the world, to shoot people or to start some crap. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not trying to... Who's saying that? I'm just hearing it like on Twitter, and I was talking to another guy who has some Federal Bureau friends in their... They're picking up a lot of talk that Muslim extremists, and again, here we go, the the common enemy, if it's not the communist, right? It's Muslim extremists, um, which I think is all part of the propaganda. That's my opinion, uh, are going to start some crap on Friday in which they're going to maybe shoot people or blow up things all across the world. Um, This is their big plan of attack. I I, I don't find much credibility in it. But it's all there to kind of scare us and to make us worry and feel uncertain about the world. And so when I was thinking about it this morning, I was feeling like I think a, a positive thing that you and I could maybe talk about is instead of all being part of all the noise that's going on right now, um, maybe be a little glimmer of of, uh, of hope and talk about hope and talk about you know how we perceive hope and maybe – um, there we'll have some um, suggestions. I have, I wrote down some suggestions of how to increase hope in our lives, which I think might be useful tool for our emotional state um, later on in life, depending on mm. what goes on in the next year, month, especially as our elections are ramping up too here in the United States. Yeah. So why did you say faith? Oh, because I, I, I associate uh, well in First Corinthians, I believe it is. Is um, they talk about the author talks about some say it's Paul, some others say it's Barnabas, but the author talks about that it's uh, faith, hope, and love are like the three main virtues, and the the best of all of those, or the most important of all of those, is love. But that doesn't negate faith and hope. And then there's another uh, scripture I should have written it down because I can't pop it off the top of my head, but it just talks about that faith is having hope in those things that are unseen, right? So it's it's hope in a future that you are unsure of, but you're exercising faith that it's going to be okay. Or it might even be um, great. And then in a, in a Christian mindset, as far as I'm concerned, um, the, if I put my faith in, in Jesus... Um, which I do um, every day, that my hope is in him. So circumstances that go on in my personal life or in the world in general don't phase me or push me around emotionally that much. I mean, they'll always have an effect in some way. But if I put my focus on the person of Jesus Christ, the the God-man Jesus Christ, um, and put my faith there, my hope rises. Knowing that so what? even if I die, even if something <clears throat> terrible were to happen to me, um, I haven't lost what I consider the most important thing. So what? Well, here's the line between hoping something will be great and believing something will be great. Oh, they kind of go hand in hand. It's like 
I feel like a lot of times we sit around hoping for, like, to me, hope is you're waiting for something to happen to you. And believing something great is going to happen is more, it's more of a personal action towards making it happen mm-hmm. instead of just like sitting around and waiting. Does that, does that, does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think they're similar, but like <clears throat> I would personally choose and I would rather believe that good things are going to happen and that I have a part in it mm-hmm. rather than hoping that good things will happen to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so why did you say faith? Well, I was thinking about it on the walk home after you sent that message. Um, and I do think that there's, they kind of go hand in hand in the way that people think about them. Like having hope is essentially having faith that good things will happen or, or faith that something will happen in the way that you're expecting. That's the same thing as hope. Hope is the same thing. Like I hope it will happen a certain way. I have faith it will happen a certain way. Yeah. But you don't have any control over the actual outcome. Yeah. So they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And and I was, the more I thought about it today, I had a, I had a, an hour uh, before I had to start work this morning where I was just kind of thinking about it and then doing some research. And I came up with um, a little information here that I want to share that will um, probably get us into a good conversation. Um, hope uh, is typically um, not really defined in a, in a hard term, if you will. Like this is what hope is. Instead, it it actually seems to be kind of multifaceted, if you will. Like there's, it's linked to many other things. So just kind of like how you and I have just described, um, it's kind of linked to belief. It's linked to faith. Um, it's linked to an an optimistic expectation um, that something positive or desirable will happen in the future. Um, it's often linked with a desire for something more positive to happen. Uh, so there's, there's desire. That's a part of hope. Um, it, it motivates us. Hope motivates us. If we were hopeless, uh, why do anything? You know, so hope means that, well, if I keep moving or if I keep going, uh, in a direction that seems to be good or better, um, things might actually end up being better. Uh, it also helps us with a positive outlook on life. So I can dwell on all the negative things in my life. I can dwell on maybe my bank account or maybe my relationship with this person's not so great or, you know, um, you know, thousands of miles away, people are, you know, murdering each other, butchering each other, mad at each other. Um, I, can, I can dwell on so many things where hope will kind of help me have a more positive outlook um, or a positive attitude about life. Um, it's also linked to resilience. So being more resilient, um, able to bounce back from bad things. You, if you have hope, you can, okay, that was a setback, but you know, I'm going to, I know I I can do better. I know I can, you know, I'm going to hope that if I just continue down this road and if you talk to a lot of successful people or listen to a lot of successful people, I have heard them say there were times when I thought this was absolutely not going to work out but I just kept going. And then they crossed that threshold. They pushed through that, that place where all of a sudden their resilience paid off because they just thought if I could just get over that, that other Hill, if I could just make it there, you know, and their hope was in that once they crossed that threshold, 
it would be what the, what it is that they were desiring or what they were hoping for, right? So those are just a few of the the you know <clears throat> facets of this jewel of hope. Yeah, I just I feel like I'm not against hope. Like I agree with what you're saying, but as you say it, all I can think is being hopeful seems so passive. Right. Like I would rather, I would rather believe that things will be better than hope things will be better. You don't see them like as even one in the same. You feel like hope is a more. No, passive. I don't. Okay. Because like in, in one, <clears throat> if I hope things will be better, I acknowledge that things could not be better. But if I believe things will be better, I only believe there's one outcome. And so I don't, I'm not hedging my bets. It's like, I'm not, I like, I feel like sometimes people say hope because they know either way they'll be right. It's mm. like, I'm not wrong. I've, I've given credence to both outcomes. Whereas like, if you just believe that things are going to be good or things are going to turn out a certain way, mm-hmm. you're just, you're like, there's no other alternative. Mm. And uh, you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's fine. But I'm not leaving. It's like when people want to follow their dreams, but they have a backup plan and they fall back on their backup plan because it's because their dream is hard. Mm-hmm. Like believing is not having a backup plan. Yeah. And then going 100% in. I feel like when you're hoping, you're like, maybe you're 99% in, but you're not 100% in. Yeah. I I feel like hope and belief. So that's funny. I'm I'm glad that you and I see this a little bit differently. And I think that's part of the cool thing about this this word, hope, um, is that you can approach it from different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I believe hope is is a belief. I believe hope is a belief. Um, you're putting a belief you're, I think it's, I think it's not passive. I think it's action. You're choosing to put your hope in a future or, uh, as a Christian, I'm choosing to put my hope in, in Jesus that he knows what's right. And if I'm paying attention to what's going on in my life, that I can be led by the Holy spirit. Um, you know, I believe those things. And so I, I try to live accordingly by, okay, well, this is what I know, and then this is what I pray about. And even prayer even gives me um, a hope that, you know, even though this world could just, you know, zip out of existence, um, I don't, you know, and I believe that. So my hope is also a belief, and I, and so then I try to live actively that way with that, that thought in my mind, hmm. you know. And, and so that's, that's, you know, that's where I go. Um, you know, I see it as kind of an, an anchor yeah. as well. Well, and I don't, I'm not saying there's no place for hope. I think it, I think situationally it matters a lot. Like if you have a loved one that's on death's doorstep, mm-hmm. you have very little action you can take. And no matter how much you believe or hope or pray, you, you don't have a hand in that outcome. Yeah. So like in that case, yes, you're hoping for the best. <clears throat> yeah. But then it's also like, hoping for the best. And what's the second part of this statement? Prepare for the worst. Yep. I still think, I feel like sometimes people hedge their bets and, and then what they're hoping for that they could have control in, they give up that control Mm. under the guise of hope. Like there's some things you can't have control of, but in, but in a lot of cases there are. Yeah. You know, like, like, I don't know. I could hope I could win the lottery which is a long shot mm-hmm. or I could just go work my ass off and follow my dreams and, and sure. just make that money a different way. Sure. Yeah. 
Yep. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, you might be the lucky goose that uh, wins the lottery and therefore. Maybe, maybe not. Therefore, your hope became a belief, um, you know, so yay, you know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm also a realist too. So, you know, even though I put my hope in things, I also understand that there's an opposite of there's a hopelessness in the world that there are things that are very real. Like when my mom was sick, I mean, I, I knew, you know, when they, she got the diagnosis and she said, I don't want the treatment. I was like, okay, I didn't feel hopeless for her. Um, you know, but I, I did feel like, you know, okay, well that's her choice. And there's, you know, there's no, there's no coming back. I mean, the doctors even said, well, you might get like a year of painful existence. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, my my hope was just in that she could be comfortable, and we can help make her comfortable for the next however long she had. Yeah, and so that I wouldn't drag out, drag out. But I didn't sit there and, and pray that the cancer would be ridden of her body because I understand reality as well. You know, so I'm not <laughs> not a faith healer by any means, or subscribe to. I don't talk to my wallet every morning saying, "Now you're going to be full today." By the end of the day, you're going to be full of riches. <laughs> And all you have to do is give your money away to that pastor. Who said, <laughs> he said, touch the TV when I touch the TV and uh, put your fingers by my fingers. Now, those guys are, they're scum. They're it's scum. a good thing TVs came along. Yeah, Otherwise, how would televangelists ever make their money? Sure. Yeah. Or, the, or email. I mean, how would Nigerian princes uh, get out of the trouble that they're in? That's real. I'm talking <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm still hoping that check comes in. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh well I uh do you remember this quote? Um maybe you do. It's it's a pretty famous quote. Uh it's called it says uh, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Do you remember that quote? Does it sound familiar? No. Um it's a famous quote from the Shawshank Redemption. Oh. Uh, that was a good movie, and yeah, the, the character movie. Andy he was uh, speaking about the about mm -hmm. hope and getting out. And that was a jailbreak movie, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. He had hope. He did have and, hope, but he also had belief to get out. Otherwise, he wouldn't have spent all those hours <clears throat> chipping away that concrete with a spoon of all things. A little no, he had a rock spoon. hammer. No, I thought he had a spoon. He had a rock hammer. Remember, it was hidden in his Bible. Mm -hmm. Worn it down to a little nub and there covered it up with some tits. Yeah, that's right. That's so funny. <laughs> <clears throat> that's a good movie. That was a good movie. Well, um, so there's some ways that we can cultivate uh, hope, um, especially if, like, last episode we talked a little bit about people that might be in really dark places. Um mm. And, uh, and as we talked about that suicide numbers are high, um, or they're up, especially in men, mm -hmm. suicide rates in, in men, young and old, um, are really high right now. And, um, if you're in that place where things are dark and we all go through it, I've never met a person, no matter how positive of, of their life is that didn't have dark, gloomy moments in their life. Mm -hmm. And so, <clears throat> Uh, there are ways that we can kind of help cultivate hope in our life by trying to, you know, take some stock in our, in, in the things that might be positive that's going on in our lives, or maybe even think of strategies that might be able to turn the tide if things aren't going very well in our life. 
Um, so first is, is practicing a gratitude mindset. So one of the things that I do, uh, in the mornings on, on my drive into work <clears throat> is I'll oftentimes, um, it's usually a time where I'll, I'll spend some time praying. Um, I'll just turn off the radio and stuff and just kind of, you know, even though I'm driving, um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of my day. And so when things come up, I'll just, I'll thank, I'll be thankful. I'm thankful for my, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful we have our health. I'm thankful for, you know, the opportunities to even be a parent when my kids are not awesome. Um, I'm thankful that I have opportunities to be a better father, a better dad, a, a same thing, a better husband, um, and even a better son to my dad, like finding opportunities to be, you know, better for other people around me that I'm enhancing their life can give me a lot of pleasure as well by enhancing their life. Mm -hmm. So, and then, um, like, uh, taking negative thoughts. So if we have negative thoughts throughout our day, um, replacing them with more positive, hopeful ones can be helpful. So, you know, if we, if we think about, you know, if you're having money issues or something like that, think of something more positive to replace that. Like, how can you get out of this space? What are some options that you might have? Do you have solutions? Can you call someone like trying to troubleshoot and figure out ways to turn it into a more of a positive thing. And then, um, <clears throat> uh, surround yourself with more optimistic or supportive people is very, very helpful. And, uh, and I think you could find those people everywhere. Sometimes we just don't want to look or we don't want to be vulnerable enough to tell people what's going on in our <laughs> lives. But there's a lot of actually really great people out there that will listen and will help. Oh yeah. You know, your, your wife and you of course too, but your wife is, is one of those people that, um, you know, if, if she sees someone in need, I mean, she's, she's quick on it and you guys oh, are yeah. very, very good at that. And so you're very supportive people and there are, Lots of people like you guys, and we're thankful that we know you, um, you know, that, that are just people that are just, they want to help. They just want to help. Mm -hmm. You know, they just want to think of someone else. They just want to put their energy and effort into other people to make their life a little bit better. Um, mm -hmm. And, and you know, it's okay if you also get a benefit of just feeling good about yourself, too. There's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with that. Well, like, <clears throat> I, I always tell people, like, when they say thanks for help, I'd like to fix things. Mm -hmm. I love fixing things. I help people fix things all the time. And like mostly it's physical things, sinks, toilets, building garages, things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. um, I love doing it. Yeah. And, you know, people are very thankful of it, but the reality is I get a lot out of it. And it's not that different than it's like uh, I can support you when you're struggling or, you know, I lean on you when I'm struggling. Like there is some personal gratification there mm -hmm. and also personal growth comes out of it. It's very valuable. Yeah. So like so many people talk about being selfless and I used to get a lot of shit growing up because I was like, nobody does anything. Nobody's truly selfless. Mm -hmm. Like we, as people, we do things because we gain a benefit out of it, but that doesn't mean that that's not a negative necessarily. Like just, no. just because I get personal gratification <clears throat> out of helping people doesn't mean that I'm like wrong for helping people. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. okay. So my, my motivations are pure. I'm not asking for money or any sort of fame or anything, but I do get a lot of personal gratification out of it. That's okay. That's still a benefit. Yeah. And if I didn't get any of that, if I didn't get an endorphin boost or feel good about it, I would probably be a lot less likely to do a lot of those things. Yeah. I mean, I would agree. I mean, that's kind of part of the human experience. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't, that's not necessarily <clears throat> wrong. It's not bad. Yep. 
I found my motivation and my motivation is that feeling of, of what it feels like to help people. It feels good. It does. Like it really does feel good. It absolutely yeah. does. And it should so, feel good. Otherwise yeah. you're dead inside. Yeah. Not um, yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other ways that you can kind of cultivate hope, um, setting realistic goals. So I think it's great. Everyone should have goals to improve themselves in some area, or if you have a hobby that you want to try and get better at it, but make them realistic. Sometimes people get very hopeless because they set very grand goals, which are great, but they expect mm-hmm. them right out the gate that they're going to hit that goal. So instead of just, you know, have that as the end goal, but create goals in between that are achievable, that will lead you to that grand goal. Right. Um, also celebrate the small wins. Yeah. Yes. Like some, sometimes a goal can be little and be really impactful. Like you just gain momentum by checking the box. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another one that was really big for me is uh, learning to view um, times that I fail as just opportunities to, to learn and grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I fail at something, I get very down on myself. My personality is um, if I don't know how to do it, I'll try to figure it out. If I try it and I fail, I'll just give up. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've had to really work at if I tried it and failed, try it again and figure out why you failed the first time. That's what I'm always trying to do. Here's a little piece of advice on a motto I live by. Sometimes when you suck, sucking a little bit more is not that big a deal. (laughs) Well, that applies to a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, it's silly, but the point is like, sometimes things just go sideways. Yep. It's fine. Yep. (laughs) It happens. Yeah. Move on. Did you die? Remember that, that, you know, when people would say, did you die though? Mm-hmm. You know, no. no. Okay. Well then suck it up. But I did know? lose a leg. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off grandpa. Uh, uh, be kind and forgiving towards yourself. Um, is really, really important. You know, give yourself mm-hmm. grace, you know, don't make excuses for your bad behavior. Um, you know, but if, if life isn't going super well, I mean, give yourself a little grace. You know, if you feel a little tired and you didn't accomplish everything that you meant to accomplish today because you got other things on your mind, okay, give yourself some grace. Hit it tomorrow. You know, just mm-hmm. do what you can. Um, and just try to remain in that positive place. Um, again, staying connected. You know, you and I, this is important for me mm-hmm. uh, to continue to Did do you? this podcast uh, because you're important to me. And you're part of my, you know, support in my life. You know, I need friends. I need people. I can't, I'm not an island to myself. I'm not. I just, I have to have connections. Um, There was a a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago or so, (laughs) Dana went over to her friends, um, stayed with a a girlfriend of hers. That's kind of like an older sister to her in Wenatchee. And I was home and you're out of town. And Max was out of town and both my kids had stuff going on that weekend where they were somewhere else. And my dad was out of town and I sat in this house (laughs) dinking around on things. I'd worked out and then I'd go out to the shop, but like hardly talking to anyone (laughs) for like three days. And when did you do the thing where you just like, kind of like slowly meander around the house and don't really accomplish anything. And like, 
Yes, like I was a ghost. I was like a ghost in my house. And then Dana came home and I was an absolute mess. I was an absolute mess. (laughs) You showed in four days. Hey, uh, how do you feel about taking a call? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, hold on. Is it Trina? No. Is it Tim? Nope. Is it somebody that's going to talk about conspiracy theories? I don't know if it is. Let's see. You have you have caller ID. I know you know who it is. I do know who it is. Hold on one second. All right. Is it Max? No. Damn it. It's Craig. Craig's talked to us before. Oh, hi, Craig. Hey, hold on one second. It's not connecting to my Bluetooth, so let me just get you here. Oh, that's why, because it it decided to bump you off. So hold on there, Craig. I think I had this problem last time, too. Let's see. Are you there? I'm there. Hey, there he is. How's it going, Craig? Hi, Craig. Yes, sir. Yo, how's it going, gentlemen? Just killing it. We're well, awesome. I like it. Good work. Well, we're just talking- over killing the show at this point, or what? No. Yeah. yeah, we are beating that dead horse. Actually, we're always trying to kill this show. <laughs> That's our goal. Fantastic. Yeah, if people are like, this yeah. show is good shit, work. We won. Keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have sponsors. They would have left Excellent. us years ago. <laughs> well, Craig, uh, do you have any thoughts on hope? That's kind of what we're talking about tonight. Uh, well, Politically, I think uh, two things. I'm old enough to remember um, the man from Hope. <clears throat> I think that was Bill Clinton. Um, <laughs> and then uh, oh, Obama's yeah. Hope and Change oh, mantra, yeah. Yeah. which was, you know, so I, I wonder what that means. You know, politically, it just sounds good in itself. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> personally and spiritually, um, I kind of like the idea of hope and we have something to hope for, uh, you know, old COVID the last few years, I saw firsthand a lot of people that really didn't have hope. And, you know, when they got locked down and the news media was blaring in their heads, yeah. um, they had no hope and I felt bad for them because a few people that I know very closely, uh, were not interested in um, anything other than well, the news is telling me this. And so you guys need to panic with us. And I had no interest in panicking. Um, not cause I'm better than anyone, but I like to think it's cause I have uh, a hope that's bigger than myself that I can look toward. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt the same What's way. It? What do you think? John? Oh, it's, yeah. Well, I think it's, a, it's an interesting topic because like you could listen to the the panic that the news is telling you uh, and weed through the bullshit still believe that we're struggling. COVID is real. People are dying. That's the problem. But then the way you handle that, like people were telling us we had to lock down and never see anybody, but like what they really should have been telling people is like, get your closest friends together, create your COVID bubble. We need connections. And that's what they missed. That's what they didn't do. And the people that I know that, handled the whole thing the best created those COVID bubbles. It's like, we all stack cans. We agree that we're only going to see each other and we're going to get through this together because we need human contact. Yes. I think that was something that was missed greatly in the communication of it all, or, or maybe just the understanding. Um, We were so worried about 
the medical intervention, then no one thought about the emotional damage that was happening. Yeah. And that that's huge. Yeah. What should have been is, hey, um, stay with your close people, the people you are already in contact with. Keep that because that's the thing that's going to keep you alive. And I hope mm-hmm. that if we ever attempt to go down this road again, that that is um, what people hear. And clearly we're going to get some of the same panic. But if we can at least <laughs> if we can learn from history, that would be ideal. <clears throat> Yeah. No, you're asking a lot, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I Fantastic. Well, Craig, have you um, ever tried a uh, Hirsch straight bourbon whiskey? I know you're a whiskey drinker. Hirsch? Yeah. No, Hirsch. I have not. Yeah. I, so what I've realized is I've shied away from the the standard, like the typical cheap bourbons. Yeah. And I say cheap, the ones that people get drunk on Yeah, because yeah. I like the nuance and the, and the, um, the, uh, the boutique art of it. Sure, um, you're going to have to be more And specific, what I realized when I, I started get getting, whiskey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but people don't typically go buy a hundred dollar bottle of bourbon because they want to get drunk. They will go buy Jack or they'll go buy Jameson or they'll go do something that's, um, I don't know, cheaper, more low and low end bottom shelf. Yeah, for sure. Typically. So that's kind of my thinking. And so when I expose myself to this um, bourbon world and not in that sense, um, it really opened up a huge (laughs) door that I didn't know existed. (laughs) It would probably be better to say when I got exposed to bourbon. um, Not better. There's so much out there. (laughs) <laughs> that's true it's not much better yeah um there's so much out there so no i've not heard of hirsch before yeah where's it out of so they get uh they source their um whiskey so it's it, we talked about this a little bit earlier that's a it's kind of a big Ooh, an mvp product yes well it's, so this one in particular that we're drinking some of it came from uh indiana and some of it came from bardstown okay. and then uh it's blended okay. And uh, this is a, a company that uh, is out of San Francisco, and it sounds like most of their whiskey and their other uh, offerings in their lineup do come from Kentucky, but this one is a Indiana and Kentucky product put together. The price point was about 30 something dollars. Is that right, John? Yeah. Yeah. And I got this at Costco here in Washington because we can, we can buy liquor in, in uh, Costco. Can you guys buy liquor in Costco in South Dakota? Is this right? Is that where you're from? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep, we can. And I am two hours away from my closest Costco, but I tend to look walk down that shelf or that aisle every time I'm there because uh, the other day I was there, actually, uh, I was able to pick up, uh, they had a special allocated, not allocated, but it was a limited one per member, Oh, uh, a Knob Creek 9 single barrel reserve. Oh, wow. Uh, 100, 120 proof. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good pour. Yeah. I'm not at all opposed to it. Yeah, I love nice. single barrels. Single barrels are delicious. Yeah. yeah the, the other one that I I have a little bit left in the one bottle I have, and I'm nursing it, uh, is the Rabbit Hole Derringer. Yes, that's very good. Um, that's the finished in uh, sherry casks. Oh. Phenomenal bottle. It's a phenomenal bottle. 
Fantastic. Yeah, I had some of their stuff at the World of Whiskeys at the Rainier Club, uh, I think, last Ooh. last November. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I fell in love with their stuff. That was very, very good stuff. Sweet. Awesome. So typically, what I find at my Costco is, like, the Alberta Premium Rye, which is a very, very good Canadian yeah. rye whiskey. And um, I was telling John earlier that I picked up a Heaven Hills Bottled and Bond. Um Ooh, really? At Costco today, yeah. That one's uh, that one's not even at our Total Wine and More or Bevmo, so that was a good find as well. Interesting. Uh, I was able to pick up. Uh, this is another one that I really, really like having is the ni- Old Forester 1920. Yep, the Prohibition oh, style. Yes, um, that's a great, a great bottle as well. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah. Craig, thank you so much anyway, for that, giving us that's a call. My bourbon experience. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate it. I, uh, I hope you guys have a good show. <laughs> well, we will now because we got a caller. That really helps us a lot, right? So thank you so much for listening to the Absolutely. podcast and participating. It actually of means course. a lot. It really does. Yeah, yeah it really does. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. I like it. Thank you, sir. Um, if, uh, yeah, if anyone wanders around my Instagram page, you'll see a lot of rodeo. I was able to go shoot uh, a pretty, uh, pretty high-profile PRCA rodeo two weeks ago. Um, oh, nice. Anyway, oh, what's your, uh, Instagram so. handle again? VPD Studio, Victor Paul David Studio. There we go. Yeah. And it's fantastic. And awesome. your photos are phenomenal photos. Uh, who's that? What's the name well, of that old you. rodeo guy that's on there? The white haired guy with the red. Um, you, what's his name? See, now you're asking me. I'm you sorry. mean. Um, the one, uh, geez, which one? He's like a, he's there, like a really, no, I know. He's like a kind of a scarier looking guy. Uh, but he's got like oh, a really intense you mean face. With the, with the white goatee? Yes. No. Who is that? Yeah. Yeah. Who is okay. that? Uh, so, so the dude with the, with the red brim around the hat? Yeah. Okay. So this is a fascinating dude. His name is Russell Brown. Russell Brown is, I believe, the 39th employee of Adobe. Without Russell Brown, we would not have Photoshop. He was the guy responsible for getting Adobe to purchase this tiny little software that does some picture things back in the 80s called Photoshop. Um, I got to know him. Uh, I hung out with him for a week in the the Badlands uh, in July. Um, and this was a shot we were in the middle of doing a shoot with him promoting his Wild Wild West uh, Adobe Max pre-conference that actually just wrapped up yesterday, I think, or the day before. Okay. Um, Doc Brown, or DR underscore Brown on the Instagram, if you follow it. The dude's incredible. Um, I, I Phenomenal guy. Uh, but yeah, that's who that is. Uh, Russell Preston Brown is his name. Just the coolest dude you could ever meet. Um and his goatee and, and mustache were for, he's been doing a year-long process of these Wild West shoots. And so he's been living in costume for <laughs> for a while. Pretty uh, fascinating. Yeah, but that's, that's awesome. Check him out. Did you do an Good interview stuff. with him? I did. He was on the show in last December, yes. Okay, excellent. So, and that, that's how I met him. Okay. And then uh, he, came, he came into... South Dakota for a workshop and I was to turn out to be his um, assistant. So I was his driver and we 
spent the week and wandered about. He got us up in a helicopter to go around Rushmore and Crazy Horse. So, oh, right on. Uh, yeah. Anyway, good uh, stuff. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, uh, so, the podcast is called the Interview Podcast, right? The Sorry, Yep. Okay. And uh, the Interview Podcast Okay. And then uh, it's VPD Victor Paul Davis uh, Studio. Studio, yep, on Instagram. That, that's where I post most of my stuff. I'm on the the other socials, but I Instagram is where it's at. So actually, if you go farther back in my timeline, you'll see more stuff with Russell Brown. Yeah. Um. Then you can kind of see where my head is. That's the funny thing. I talked to my wife the other day about these. And I said, when you go scroll through my timeline on Instagram, you'll see kind of where I was at mentally throughout the years. <laughs> Cause it's kind of clumps together. Yeah. I think we've, but, I think we all have that too. It's a, yeah, <laughs> a uh, timeline sure. of our mental, mental health. <laughs> you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Craig, thanks for calling in. We really well, you guys appreciate are great. you. Have a great night. Yep. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks Craig. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah. Bye-bye. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I appreciate that Craig so much for you calling in and, uh yeah, giving us a little, giving us a little more content for our, our wee little podcast. So we a little hope that. that we're gonna make it. Yeah, you checked out his photos; they're fun, they're phenomenal. Yeah, 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 really good. Yeah, I would love if I had the time and the ability to go out there. I would go out there and say, let's do some shooting. I'd like to learn from him. He seems um, uh, he's much more of a professional photographer than I am, and so I like to, I would love to learn from him. A little bit more technique and eye and stuff like that that you can only get when you sit with people that are better than you. So, again, <laughs> I appreciate that, Craig. Yeah, yeah, someday, someday. So, um, yeah, so um, his thoughts on hope. I mean, that's kind of what you and I did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we got our little families together and we made sure that we were tight and that we were, you know, washing our hands and just being safe, as safe as we possibly can. Yeah. And uh, I'm but, like, and within reason. And then like yeah. a lot of it too, was allowing other people to make the decision. Mm-hmm. Like, like there were a lot of times where it was like, we were in this situation. We want to make sure you're comfortable with it. If you're not, you can say no, if you are, yep. then great, let's get together. But yep. like with no judgment, because there were moments where like, like my brother and his wife, my brother is immunocompromised and, um, like he had tuberculosis at one point. So it was like really risky for him if he had sure. got COVID. Yeah. And so we were really careful with them. And I remember this time we were supposed to hang out. We had to say we can't because Helen and I were quarantining so that we could spend time with my brother. Yep. And you guys totally respected that, which is great. Oh, of course. And, you know, and so like, I don't, I think to Craig's point, a lot of people didn't have those conversations. Yep. You know, it goes back to like what you were saying before, like people weren't open about the way they were feeling or, like making reasonable decisions with their lives. They were just told to like shut in and hide. Yep. And you know, if you think it through, there's a, a very basic reasonable way to deal with it Yep. and, and mitigate your risk. Yep. Sure. There's a lot of unknown, but that doesn't mean that you had to rule every part of your life. That's right. That's right. And I think that's a great way, you know, I mean, that gave us hope. So being able mm-hmm. to, to still do things with you and Helen and, uh, and have friends and uh, be able to kind of still try to have some type of, of normal life. We both had essential jobs, so we both had to work outside the home, mm-hmm. um, which was also helpful. 
Um, you know, but that also exposed us. Um, but we ended up being fine and, uh, yeah. So, and I'm very thankful for that as well. And I'm thankful mm-hmm. for the time that we had with you guys and, yeah, me you know, too. you know, it just, and you know, like you said in the last podcast, you know, put on some deodorant and be nice. <laughs> don't, be a don't be a stinker. Yeah, don't be a stinker. Uh, <laughs> some other ways that you can kind of create hope in your life, uh, seek professional help is always a good one too. If you're feeling hopeless, um, on our last podcast on the website, I put in the suicide hotline number, uh, for people, the national suicide hotline number. If you, if you're feeling hopeless and it's really dark, you have to reach out. And if you yep. feel like you can't reach out to friends or family, you have to reach out to someone. You have to mm-hmm. let them know. You have to say the words that you're not in a great place. And you, and, and there are people out there, like I said, there are people out there, they volunteer actually to sit on the phone at the national uh, suicide hotline and take your call and talk to you and just let you vent and, and give you some hope and some, and probably some of these things that I'm talking about right now to kind of help you through this moment that you're Mm -hmm. having or this time in your life. Um, So please seek professional help. If you're feeling like you're in this big, big pit and you just can't see your way out. And I understand that sometimes we get such tunnel vision that it's so dark it's hard to even imagine that there's a way out, Mm -hmm. you know, and there is. And sometimes you just need someone to say, no, there's a way out. You're good. You're good. Don't, don't take your life. Complete full disclosure. I've called a suicide hotline within the last year. Yeah. There you go. Now when, when they answered, I realized right away, this is not what I needed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was in a dark spot. Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling very good about it myself and my situation. And, um, I needed to lean on something. And that was the thing that kind of snapped me out of it to make me start making better decisions and having better conversations. Like I didn't, it wasn't actually suicidal. I just didn't know what else to do. Yep. And it was a very short conversation to help me realize that I needed to do something different to help get me out of the funk that I was in. But, but it was, I mean, arguably a lifesaver in that moment. Yep. I don't think it was to that point, but, but I've called it and there's no shame in calling it. And lots of people, it's, they're just moments. And sometimes those moments get away from you. Yeah. And, and, and there's we, no shame in calling your friend or even no, a stranger. Like, no. like I know Wes and I both, we're, we're available yep. to anybody, anyone who's listening. You want to have a chat? Oh, yes. Off we definitely recording. are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Happy to have a call. Yep. If, you know, cause, and, and we're strangers to you. So if you don't know us and we're strangers to you, that might even be more helpful to you. Yeah. So, it might also be scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's true too. <laughs> but we come with no judgment about you and you have no, no risk of seeing us face to face later. And unless you want to, and you're nearby and you're not a crazy person. Yep. Yes. <laughs> but yes, we, we as human beings are available to other human beings. If people are in need. Yep. Uh, yeah. And part of that too is, you know, um, one of the things that I used to do a lot, um, and I, I kind of feel like I need to get back into it is, is journaling. So sometimes, oftentimes, uh, if I put how I feel out on paper, if I, as I'm writing it, <laughs> I don't know if this happened to you, uh, mm-hmm. as I'm writing how I'm feeling, sometimes I get to see the words and realize how silly I'm being Yep. or irrational or, uh, you know, and even if they feel very real, cause, cause oftentimes logically what we're feeling isn't, isn't really what's going on, but it, this, the intensity of the feeling makes it feel like this must be the truth. 
But I find mm-hmm. if I'm writing down how I'm feeling, I'm like, uh, or if I have to think about how I'm really feeling, the thing that Dan, Dan and I say this to each other all the time when we're kind of being out of our mind, um, is that the thing is not about the thing. Like I'm really mm-hmm. mad about this thing, but it's not actually the real reason why I'm mad. It's probably this greater thing. But now I have to get through like five layers of all these things that annoy me to get to the thing that's actually really bothering me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, you know, after, you know, 30 something years of hanging out with one another, we realized like, we'll ask the question, like, is this really the thing? Cause this seems, this seems like a dumb thing to be mad about. So is this really why <laughs> you're being angry right now? Or is it something else? And it usually ends up mm-hmm. being something else. And, and again, talking about it to someone, you just kind of, um, I don't really like this word, but Dana calls it like a word vomit. You know, like if you just say all the things that you're feeling, you start to understand that I'm not actually really mad about the thing that I think I'm, I am. Mm-hmm. And those realizations, like you said, you called the thing and as you called the hotline and then as you talked, you realize, oh, wait a minute. I do need help, yep. but this ain't it. And I actually now realize what I think I might need. And sometimes and I do this a lot with Helen too, where it's, like she knows I just need to get it out and she'll tell that to me. She's like, I, I'll keep it to myself. And she's like, that's why I keep asking you. I can tell that something's not right. What's yeah. going on. And like the minute you start to vocalize it, especially when it's truly ridiculous, like you may still actually feel that way. This happens to me all the time. We're like, I still feel this way. I also recognize it's ridiculous and irrational, Yep. but it is exactly how I'm feeling. So I'm not justifying how I'm feeling. I just need to let it out. And I need you to hear it and then move on. Yep. Yeah. Dan and I do that sometimes too, where, where we'll ask the other person, do you want our advice on this or do you just need to say it? Yeah. You I know, love that. Cause sometimes you don't want to hear anybody's words. You just need to say the thing and then just be done with it. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I can't remember what the gal's name is, but she said with her husband, when they, they have their interactions are like, when somebody's having a hard time or upset or something, it's like, do you need solutions or do you need someone to listen? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we jump to solutions. Yes, we do. So that's what we try to do. And sometimes you don't need that. Yep. So you yes. give that person the opportunity to, to like <clears throat> say, I just need to say it out loud. Yep. And, and oftentimes, I don't know about you, but oftentimes the question will come at the end of the, of the getting everything out. Like, what do you think? <laughs> yep. yeah so yeah, they'll sure. they'll end up usually asking what you think anyways so just be patient mm-hmm. um maintaining a healthy lifestyle you know actually diet and exercise does affect our moods and it does affect our feelings of hopelessness or hope um mm-hmm. the healthier we feel obviously uh the better we feel in our bodies the the better we feel about life in general and our expectations in life Um, the correlation is, is great, you know, and that's why I think a lot of people, they go after drugs and stuff like that. If they're in a bad place because they want to feel great, you know, so it's not healthy, obviously (laughs) to do drugs, but in that moment, their body's telling them, Oh, you're feeling great. Um, if you do that in a way in which you're exercising and eating right, and you know what you have to eat and stuff like that, and your body's telling you like, this is the energy and the fuel that I need. Life actually looks a little better, even if it might be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, it does feel a little bit better. Uh, and then, you know, celebrate achievements. If you did something awesome, celebrate it. You know, if if you hit a milestone, if you hit a goal, you know, you don't have to make a cake, but maybe 
you know, you call a friend and be like, will you come over here and have a beer with me? Cause I just did this cool thing and I would like to celebrate. Yep. hundred percent. And John and I, when we were, when he was being a, a helpful friend and helped me with my garage, uh, we would put up a wall and then we would have a beer. And be like, oh, time to, time to celebrate. <laughs> we did a thing. We did a thing and it went okay. And, uh, yeah. nothing's falling down and, uh, let's have a beer. And then we would stop work. <laughs> but it took so long. <laughs> it's why it took so long. But but we were happy, and uh, yeah. and we had positive outlook in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, one of the things that I found here was learn from role mo- role models. So if you have a person in your life that um, you know inspires you, uh, latch on to that inspiration and um, kind of see how they tick. I've had lots of uh, men uh, in my life, and I feel like I try to take something from them that maybe I lack and, and, and figure out why it is that they tick that way and, um, try to implement it in my own life, you know, with you, John, I mean, the, how, how much you guys help people and stuff like that. I'm always thinking like, I want to help people. I want to help people more. I want to do more. Um, and it, it never disappoints helping people. Um, and so that's always a positive thing. And, and, you know, that's what I think about when I think of you, that's what I think about just someone who's just, they're there for you. And I appreciate that. Oh, and, nice uh, of you to say. yeah. And in that way, you're, you're kind of a role model to me. Um, you know, and I've, I've had people who have like extremely great work ethic or they're just kind of like, um, uh, casual about their life, but they get stuff done. And it just seems like, like they're like ducks where just the water just rolls right off them. And, uh, and I'm always like, how do they do that? How do they not get wet? Um, you know, and it's, it, and it ends up being like an attitude thing. They just, they're very mm-hmm. self assured. And, uh, and so like, well, how do I get more self assured? You know? And, and a lot of the times it's because they've made so many stupid mistakes, um, <laughs> that they just, mistakes just don't bother them <laughs> anymore. They just know it's just part of the process of being human being. And so, yeah. so if you have role models, you know, you just you take, take positive things from them. And, uh, and be able to, you know, kind of examine it and see how maybe, maybe life would be a little better if you thought the way they thought too. Nothing wrong with that. As humans, that's kind of what we do. You know, if you you start mimicking things and and whatnot, especially if they have big personalities, you know, there's, that really does happen. You know, you start mimicking Mm -hmm. positive things about that person because you like it. It's, it's great. You feel good. I love it. Great. Uh, so, um, that's all I have. What do you have? You have anything else? No, I just want to know what the word of the day is. Oh, right, right. Thanks for bringing it back. Appreciate that. Uh, Mm -hmm. so the worst, uh, worst, the worst of the day, the word of the day is pogo not to me. And that actually means the cutting of beards or shaving. (laughs) Who would have thought? Stupid word. I know. Do you use that in a sentence? Uh, today, I did a pogonotomy on my face. There you go. I did it. I just did a pogonotomy yeah. on my face. I, I don't think you should repeat <laughs> that. <laughs> I did a pogonotomy on my face. Maybe just the other way. Yep. <laughs> I shaved my face. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> sure. I pogonotomied my face. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Uh-huh. Ooh, that came in hot. There we go. We'll, Love it. We'll lower the levels there a little bit. Well, folks, this has been Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash, episode 76. We talked about hope. 
and uh, what it is, what our thoughts on it. Uh, we found out that when it comes to mind melding about whiskey or bourbon, John and I are terrible at it. Yeah. Uh, but but hope... belief systems. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> we feel alive. Uh, we talked about how often we poganotomy our face. Uh, no, we didn't talk about that. But that is the balderdash word of the day. I did a poganotomy on my face. That's what it is. Poganotomy on my face. I'm not uh, sure you're using that correctly. I don't think so either. I uh, We used, uh, excuse me, we used, uh, we drank uh, River Sticks Brewing Orion Sour. Ooh, and it was delightful. Yes, it was really good. It's like. Only 5%. Freezer. It's like freezer strawberry jam. It's phenomenal. And we also had a very delicious straight bourbon whiskey from Hirsch. Uh, select whiskey, selected whiskey. So that was very good and a pretty affordable bottle. And then thank you to Craig uh, for giving us a call and uh, talk to us about hope and uh, bourbon and uh, even some of his uh, things that are going on with his studio and photography. And you can check him out at VPD studio. That's Victor Paul David's studio. Or you can go to the interview podcast and uh, he's done some great interviews uh, he's a cool guy, and we just thank uh, thank Craig for uh, calling in. So uh, go check him out on Instagram or even go to his website. And uh, I think that's it. I think uh, give us a give us a holler at uh, on our Instagram, Beer, Bourbon, and Balderdash. You can uh, leave us emails at balderdashboys at protonmail, protonmail.com. Mm. Um, or you can give us a call and leave us a Balderdash mail. Uh, and that number is, I just had it, and I'm stupid, Wes. That number is 360-553-1058. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you like or what you don't like or, you know, um, you know, tell, you know, tell me how sexy my voice is. Give me, give me some praise. I need praise. I think we should have a sponsor so we can stop begging for cash. I don't want cash. I want connection. Okay, maybe it could be an alcohol sponsor. Connection is protection. Like Jack Daniels. <laughs> wow, that'd be a fat. Rush. They would, they would fire us real quick. They would drop us like a hot potato. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, and I don't even want dollars. I want gift certificates for bottles of booze. The moment you said tits is the moment they would drop us. Tits of booze. <laughs> I mean tips. Tips, just the tips. tips. My tips. Supple. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't even wait. <laughs>